7 a.m. on the West Coast, 10 a.m. on the East Coast of America. Good morning, America. It's 3 p.m. in London, 7.30 in Mumbai, India, 11 p.m. in Kyoto, Japan, and in Malaysia, it's 19.12. I'm Jay Sheldon, and I'm not wearing pants. Welcome in, everybody. Hello, Facebook Live, YouTube Live, Twitch.tv, and, of course, Rumble.com. The uh, amazing folks at Rumble. Thank you. We have a big audience over there. We appreciate it. And, of course, to all of our podcast listeners, we're almost at 900. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I am so humbled. Almost at 900 downloads average on the week, and I know that's not a lot for some shows, but it's a lot for us, and we really appreciate it. If you have a chance, please go to your favorite podcast supplier, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, Radio Public, Geo7, whatever it is, and search for I'm Not Wearing Pants or Jay Sheldon, look for that logo, and then click follow or subscribe. That's all you have to do. It's free. And we thank you for all those of you who have done it. Hundreds of you. We uh, we love you. Thank you. Hi. Uh, all right. It's uh, uh, for some reason Rumble is screwing up tonight, and I don't know why. But uh, yeah, we'll get it fixed somewhere down the line. If nothing else, we'll just upload the show afterwards. For some reason, we're not going to Rumble at the moment, according to what I can see. All right, so we got that. We got this. Uh, you know what? Let's do Miko first, and then a very special tip of the hat to my brother coming up. Miko update. <laughs> yeah, Miko update. Uh, doing well, doing great, having a ball, enjoying life as we know it. And this was her <laughs> this afternoon. Actually, this evening, about six o'clock, we were waiting to go for a walk, but it was raining and it kept starting to rain. Then it would stop. Then it would start. Then it would stop. It couldn't make up its mind today. So <clears throat> we got all ready to go and we had to wait. So I'm doing something on my phone. I'm playing on my phone. And then I look up and this is what I see, this knucklehead. She, let me, it's a video. Let me just play it. There's no sound. But she is laying out in the lawn, on her back, belly in the air, not a care in the world. And it's raining. It's actually raining out. <laughs> and I'm saying you can hear it on the video if you go to my personal page on Facebook. It's like, lady, do you know it's raining? Your belly's getting wet. She couldn't care less. She just lay in there, frozen. Balls to the wall, as they say. <laughs> and she, like I said, couldn't possibly care less. <laughs> she was having a great time, enjoying herself. And it was cool, actually. It's been very hot, but we have a weird explanation for that coming up. We'll tell you why it's been so hot. All right, right now, though, I hadn't planned on sharing this, but it is a public post. It's done by my sister Penny out in Colorado. And I talked to my brother not every day, but often, at least a few times a week, we talk. Chit-chat, how's life, what's new? He never said a word to me about this. And then 
yesterday morning, yesterday his time, this morning my time, he tells me that in today, in the U.S. today, he's going in for surgery. And not just surgery. He is giving one of his kidneys to his partner, Jim. I... And you just tell me this news now? Anyway, my sister posted this. It is a public post, so I'm not sharing anything out of school. But what she wrote sums up anything that I could say perfectly. So I just want to read you what she wrote. I have this super cool baby brother. He's the funniest person I know. I'm on a daily text thread with him and my two sisters, and every day he makes me laugh. Tomorrow morning, which is right now, he is donating a kidney. Yep, just like that. Well, after a year or so of a whole bunch of testing and stuff, I know he's going to be fine, so I just came on here to brag about what an awesome, amazing, funny, selfless man he is. And indeed, Michael, you are. I wish everyone knew him. Your life would be richer for it. And there she's posted a bunch of rather unusual pictures of my crazy brother, Michael. Uh, that's him there. And of course, all the other shots. Uh, Michael is an incredible talent. He has more talent in his little finger than I have in my whole body. Uh, he was a guest on our 50th show. If you go back through our library and look for show 50, You'll find him as our special guest live on camera, and we chit-chat about life in general and his crazy life. But at this very moment, as we speak, he is in surgery, donating a kidney. I, I wish you well, and I'm sure that everything will be fine. I'll keep you up to date. I'll let you know on uh, Saturday's stream how everything went. And he has a friend updating his Facebook, so we should get some sort of updates as soon as we know something, or he knows something, and posts it. Uh, but Michael, my prayers and thoughts are with you for what that's worth, and uh, you're an amazing guy, and I am more than proud to call you my brother. Wow. Amazing. All right. What else have we... You know, did you th see our thumbnail tonight? Usually what I do is I, I pick one story that we're going to cover that might be clickbaity or people might be interested in. And tonight, it is such, once again, such a weird conglomeration of unconnected crap that I just stuck it all up there. From the NASCAR lines to wallpaper to maternity leave, you name it. They're not connected in any way. So if you're trying to find the link from the, the, from the thumbnail, it ain't there. If you can find one, send me a message and let me know because I don't think there's one. <laughs> anyway, I, I, just, just a bunch of stuff I saw this week. This is what we do on this show, by the way. And some of it is visual. If you're listening to the podcast, in our description down below, our show notes, all the links to everything we share tonight is there. So if you want to see what I'm talking about, if you're only listening to the podcast, just click on the link. Should open in a new window and you can check out the video like this one. This is the strangest thing. Did you ever wonder how wallpaper was printed? 
Uh, no, actually, the thought never crossed my mind. I didn't stay up late one night wondering, how do they print wallpaper? Well, in case you did ask, this is it. Watch this. This is amazing. See, these rollers have got a design on it and a certain amount of ink. Now watch underneath at the paper as these rollers go over top. And watch what happens. Slowly but surely, each one depositing its own little bit. And look at that. Wallpaper. Amazing, full-colored, incredibly... Look at this with strawberries. Each one lays down its own layer. I assume different pressures also. And there you go. Look at that. There is wallpaper. <laughs> In case you were wondering how they print wallpaper... Now you know. <laughs> the link's in our show notes. You can share it with your friends if you want. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm telling you, it just gets more and more weird. Uh, oh, yeah, we said we would explain why it's so hot lately. This is the explanation. It is these few days in Malaysia, anyway. Anyway. And other parts of the globe. It's known as No Shadow Days. And that's exactly what we had today. Malaysians, this is from says.com, links in the show notes tonight. Malaysians will be able to experience zero shadow day this week. No shadows. Everything looks like a rather bad CGI game. <laughs> you see this? This is actually a live picture. Let me get my mouse back. This is a live picture, but there's no shadow. Because why? Here, there's a good explanation. There's a tree. The sun is directly overhead, whatever degrees that would be, what, zero or 90 or whatever. Local media have been reporting different parts of Malaysia experiencing a zero shadow day during the week. The Ministry of Science, Technology and Innovation released a statement, said the public in Klang should take a look at their surroundings at noon. And uh, as we know, shadows on every other day appear at the, sh the shortest at noon. But because the sun will be directly over our heads, it's only that for one and two days max a year, um, a lot of stuff we see normally with a shadow doesn't have one because the sun is striking exactly on the top, which also accounts for it being like a thousand degrees out there. Uh, people will be able to see some objects uh, will cast no shadow at noon, because of this natural phenomenon. Uh, southern states observed it as early as March 23rd. Northern states will be able to see it uh, later by April 7th. There you see a picture of some uh, little girls here hanging out at noontime and virtually casting no shadow. But you know, you're right. That does look like bad CGI, doesn't it? <laughs> like a badly comped picture. That's very weird. So yeah, no shadow day. And that also explains why it's been so bloody hot lately. It has been. It's been incredible here. All right. Uh, we have made fun of this lady before because she's a public figure and anybody who runs for office gets elected has, uh, you know, takes that chance, especially if you say stupid things. And we have a lot of people in this country who are politicians who say really stupid things. But you know what? We don't have the exclusive uh, for example, your president in the United States, he's kind of gotten the Oscar for that lately. Uh, but anyway, we tip the hat when it needs tipping. And in this case, good on you, minister. 
You enjoy mocking OKUs? Up to 150 days of community service may be ahead of you. This is from World of Buzz. Links in the show notes. OKU, for those of you who don't know, if you don't live in Malaysia, is the Malaysian term for handicapped or handicapable. Uh, people with disabilities, I guess, would be the most politically correct way of saying it these days. Maybe not. It changes every hour. But anyway, if, if you are one of these idiots, these morons that enjoy making fun of people with disabilities, well, first of all, knock it off and shut the heck up. Second of all, if you get caught doing it, say online, you could be facing up to 150 days of community service. Yes, we love this. Good on you. We take the discrimination against the disabled seriously, especially through the spread on social media. Uh, it's never funny to make fun of persons with disabilities, which here in Malaysia are called OKU. Uh, however, if you're one of the people who enjoy making a mockery out of their disabilities, then community service may be ahead of you. The Ministry of Women, Family, and Community Development is going to examine a proposed sentence of 100 to 150 days of community service programs imposed on those who ridicule differently abled people. Good on you. Please don't just consider it. Please do it. I don't know. I mean, it, it's a no-brainer. This must be enacted. The Deputy Minister, Datuk Siti Zala Mohammed Yusuf, uh, said that uh, KPWKM uh, which believes that the proposal should be greenlit because the community service program outlined three main elements, punishment, rehabilitation, and repentance. The ministry will look into the proposal further in the process of reviewing the OKU Act of 2008. She said that in the Dewan Nagara sitting today in uh, March, March 28th, that was. Dewan Nagara basically is our parliament. Uh, but congratulations, you know, like I said, when you say stupid things, we call that out. When you say brilliant things, we're going to call that out too and give credit where credit's due because this is a brilliant, brilliant idea. And let's just give it our support and let us hope this gets enacted. And some of you morons out there who enjoy making fun of other people at their expense, you could face a, you know, I wouldn't be opposed to some jail time, but community service, not a bad idea. You can give back for what you took. <clears throat> All right. Do you know what the Nazca lines are? You may have heard of them. Probably, maybe you don't know they're called the Nazca Lines. But uh, let me show you this picture, and I'm sure you'll go, oh, yeah, that. Yeah, it's in uh, South America, and uh, they are objects drawn in the Earth, which really can only be clearly seen from space, from a very high altitude. And uh, these lines, which here we've got all kinds of strange, I don't know, that looks like an odd bird or something. Um, there's another one. It's kind of hard to see. Uh, no, you can see it pretty clearly on the video, I think. Uh, here's another one. Looks like some sort of spaceman. Uh, anyway, some guy, I don't know who this guy was. Let's see if it says. Uh, the Nazca Lines, Ancient Wonders Shrouded in Mystery, 
located in the Nazca Desert in southern Peru. Series of incredible geoglyphs etched into the arid surface sometime between 500 BCE and and 500 CE. That's Christian era. Uh, Believed to have been created by the Nazca culture, the intricate lines, symbols, and animal glyphs run for several kilometers and are best appreciated from the air or on high ground. This was well before anybody thought of flying, supposedly. (laughs) The combined lengths of all the lines are 808 miles, about 1,300 kilometers, and the group covers an area of about 50 square kilometers, 19 square miles. The lines are typically anywhere from 10 to 15 centimeters deep. That's how they're etched into the earth. Well, someone took, and you see the picture here, plotted all the lines across the entire earth using, I think it's Google Earth, So they took all the Nazca lines, extended them as far as they would go all the way around the globe. Now, take a look at this. This guy is explaining what he did. And let me move up to where he actually extends the lines out. Here you go. Uh, There you go. See him pulling out there? I, I can't get rid of that. There we go. Okay, so you see, he's taken all the lines and extended them all the way out on Google Earth. Now check this out as he pulls out. Look at that. It's like a pie chart. They are all almost equidistant dividing up the earth. How weird is this? The question is now, where do they meet on the other side? The answer will amaze you. If you take all the, uh, the Nazca lines, plot them over the earth, spin the earth around to where they meet on the other side, the answer is right there. Hang on a second. Let me get to it. Hang on. I'm getting there. There, look at that. There's another one of the Nazca lines, the uh, animal glyphs, a giant spider or something. Anyway, uh, they meet at Angkor Wat. Serious. How weird is that? You take them and you draw from the center of the lines all the way around the globe, and they meet at Angkor Wat. Hmm, that is a big hmm. Weird. Read the article. It's from uh, a weird site. It's newsxemtin3s.com. Links in the show notes. You don't need to listen to me with the URL. Just click on the link in the show notes. It's very weird. Very strange. And what a cool idea that somebody actually figured out to do this. That is insane. Crazy stuff. Anyway, that's the kind of crap we share on this show. All the weird stuff I find online. (laughs) Uh, All right, what else we got going on here? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I did a segment a few shows back about maternity leave and 
this woman who bought her husband a Lamborghini for a few million bucks uh, as a way of saying I'm sorry for because she was going to be having a baby. And then here in Malaysia, I don't know about other Southeast Asian countries, but here in Malaysia, we have this weird ass thing called confinement. I said at the time, what I know about birth and babies in America is mom can have a kid at nine o'clock in the morning, go to McDonald's for lunch, and she's back at her job at three o'clock in the afternoon. Now, now, okay, maybe it's not exactly that quick, but women go back to work just like that. They don't take a month or two off, go in confinement, eat special foods, get waited on hand and foot. Nice that you could, but it ain't happening. Well, here in Malaysia, along with, I would assume, some other Southeast Asian countries, there is a belief that you must do this. It's, it's, it's like the health law. You have to have this confinement period. Well, obviously proven by other countries that don't do confinements. But this hit the headlines this week. This article that I picked to share with you is from Malaysia Kinney. They have now approved a 98-day maternity leave. 98 days! That's more than three months! Are you mad? Three months, sir! Oh, and Dad, you get seven days. <laughs> oh, man. <coughs> yeah, talk about a disparaging number, huh? Anyway... That's it. Amendments to the Employment Act 1995, among others, proposed for paternity leave to increase to seven days from three. It's currently three. Approved in the day one Rakyat, our parliament, uh, yesterday. Majority voice vote. And the bill also involved an increase in maternity leave from 60 days for the women to 98 days in line with the International Labor Organization Convention. Are you kidding me with this stuff? Confinement, th over three months worth of maternity leave? Uh, now, honestly, good on you. If you're a new mom, especially if you're a first-time mom, you want to spend that time with your kid, getting to know them, them getting to know you. You don't want to drop the kid off two days after it was born, and then head off to work. I completely understand and appreciate that. The whole rules of the confinement thing, I think, are freaky and stupid. But you do you. But this maternity leave, for confinement or not, I think is a brilliant idea. It gives you the chance to bond. I think, honestly, dad should get as much maternity leave as mom does so that dad and mom and baby can all bond together. Because those first moments, those first weeks and months and years of a child's life, they lay that foundation for many years to come. And the connections and bonds that you make in the beginning are some of the most important. Some of the most important. So, good on you for extending the amount of time. Whether or not you spend that in confinement, you do you, folks. Far be it from me. <laughs> All right, what else? Oh, I got some really good news about our book. 
We read classic books on this show at the end of the show. Uh, we're doing Tom Sawyer right now. But wait till you hear this story. I got the best email message from a friend, and it is such good news. I'll, I'll share that coming up in just a bit before we start our book. All right, one more, and then we're going to get into the book, actually. This is the coolest video. Again, sorry if you're listening on the podcast. It'll kind of make sense to you, but I encourage you to click on the link and check out the video. This is really cool. When you look in the mirror, what you see is actually reversed. But your whole life, you've looked in the mirror and you're used to seeing yourself that way. But that way isn't exactly what other people see when they look at you. They see a reverse of that image because the image reflected in a mirror is flipped. That's why you hold up a piece of paper with writing on it and it's backwards because it's reversed. This, this cool inventor guy created a real self mirror. What he did was he took two mirrors and made a 90 degree angle so that one mirror reflects the other reflection. So when you look in this mirror, you are not seeing yourself reversed. You're seeing yourself exactly the way other people see you, which is not the same that you've been looking at for your whole life when you look in a mirror. And you wouldn't think it'd be that different. I mean, your face is pretty much bisected that, you know, one half is about the same as the other. But it makes a big difference, according to this guy and this video. It is such a cool thing. Check the video out. The link's in our show notes. But this guy's reacting to seeing himself the way other people see him. He says, I, I kind of want to cry. This guy shares the, us the, his true mirror, he calls it, how people really see you, lets you look into your own eyes for the first time. My name is John Walter, and I've invented a mirror that doesn't have reverse images. You can actually see yourself without being flipped. True mirror, short takes. A lot easier to access the soul. Something there. That when I make eye contact with myself, my eyes actually keep working properly. I can actually see myself as a person the way you see me. And this is how you are. So I discovered the probability about 40 years ago, all the mirrors at right angles, two mirrors, so looking at one right now. And he'll show us here, if you hold up writing, it's the same way. And in the other mirror, it's reversed. The letters are not backwards in the true mirror. So your eyes just kind of adjust. And when you actually realize that what you're seeing in this true mirror is not the same you've been looking at all these years in a normal mirror, it is remarkably different. And if you watch how these people react to actually seeing themselves the way they really look, not flipped, it's incredible. They're all tripped out by it. It is so cool. Can't encourage you enough. Please do check the link, click on that, and watch the video. I got to try this with a couple of right-angled mirrors and, uh, and see how it works because I'm dying to see what, what that would look like and see if it truly does look different. I have to believe it is. You know, even here, I've got several monitors, and I'm, I'm watching my live stream on one. I have a live shot in the software here, but everything is reversed. 
So when I go to point, like at our show logo like this, when I tell you to subscribe to your podcast supplier, go to I'm Not Wearing Pants, I, I'm actually reverse. So I have to figure out, okay, which hand is it? It's this one. Okay. <laughs> anyway, very cool story. Very cool video. Do check it out. Links in our show notes. And uh, yeah, it's the strangest thing. All right. Uh, how about some Tom Sawyer? But before we get to Tom Sawyer, I got an email. She asked me not to use her full name, so I'll just say Gail, thank you. Uh, Gail sent me an email at nopants at jsheldon.com. If you ever want to communicate with me, give me show suggestions, complaints, whatever it is, nopants at jsheldon.com is our email. I read and answer everybody's email. Uh, or you can PM me also on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, uh, Rumble. Leave a message in the comments. Anyway, Gail wrote and said she went to the Gutenberg Project and she was looking through the books and she suggested a book that didn't used to be there because I have wanted to read this book from the very beginning show when I first started reading classic books on our stream. It is Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh is now in the public domain, and we got it. And that is the book we're going to do next. I cannot wait. It is one of my favorite all-time books, and uh, we'll be doing that coming up uh, once we get through with uh, Tom Sawyer. We've only got a few more chapters left to go in uh, Tom Sawyer, and then we will have uh, finished up the book. So... Um, yeah, let's uh, move on up and over. And uh, before we get started on exactly the chat, what chapter are we on? 32, I think, 31, 32. Uh, Tom Sawyer, The Adventures of Tom Sawyer, written by Mark Twain back in 1876. Now, we always give you this fair warning uh, on this book that uh, some of the words used in this book uh, were appropriate back in 1876, including the N-word and other phrases and references. They're not socially acceptable these days, obviously. However, we are reading the book exactly the way it was written by Mark Twain in 1876. So if the N-word and some other racial disparaging words upset you, you may want to find something else to do for the next 15 or 20 minutes. But in the meantime, we'll move forward and up and onward to chapter, oh, it is 32. Chapter 32 in the adventures of Tom Sawyer. As you know, Injun Joe was in the cave when we left them. Becky was beside herself, and Tom had decided to, in spite of Injun Joe being around, go and look for help. Chapter 32. Tuesday afternoon came and wanted to the twilight. The village of St. Petersburg still mourned, the lost children had not been found. Public prayers had been offered up for them, and many and many a private prayer that had the petitioner's whole heart in it. But still no good news came from the cave. The majority of the searchers had given up the quest and gone back to their daily advocations, saying that it was plain the children could never be found. A Mrs. Thatcher was very ill, and a great part of the time delirious. People said it was heartbreaking to hear her call her child and raise her head and listen a whole minute at a time. 
and lay it wearily down again with a moan. Aunt Polly had dropped into a settled melancholy, and her gray hair had grown almost white. The village went to its rest on Tuesday night, sad and forlorn. Away in the middle of the night, a wild peal burst from the village bells, and in a moment the streets were swarming with frantic, half-clad people who shouted, "'Turn out! Turn out! They're found! They're found!' Tin pans and horns were added to the din. The population massed itself and moved toward the river, met the children coming in an open carriage drawn by shouting citizens. Coming in an open carriage, thronged around it, these shouting citizens, joined its homeward march, and magnificently up the main street roared huzzah after huzzah. The village was illuminated. Nobody went to bed again. It was the greatest night the little town had ever seen. During the first half hour, a procession of villagers filed through Judge Thatcher's house, seized the saved ones and kissed them, and squeezed Mrs. Thatcher's hand, tried to speak, but couldn't, and drifted out, raining tears all over the place. Aunt Polly's happiness was complete, Mrs. Thatcher's nearly so. It would be complete, however, as soon as the messenger dispatched with the great news to the cave should get the word to her husband. Tom lay upon a sofa with an eager auditory about him, told the history of the wonderful adventure, putting in many striking additions to adorn it withal, and closed with the description of how he left Becky and went on an exploring expedition how he followed two avenues as far as his kite line would reach, how he followed a third to the fullest stretch of the kite line, and was about to turn back when he glimpsed a far-off speck that looked like daylight, dropped the line, and groped toward it, pushed his head and shoulders through a small hole, and saw the broad Mississippi rolling by. And... If it had only happened to be night, he would not have seen that speck of daylight, would not have explored that passage any more. He told how he went back for Becky and broke the good news, and then she told him not to fret her with such stuff, for she was tired and knew she was going to die and wanted to. He described how he labored with her and convinced her, and how she almost died for joy when she had groped to where she actually saw the blue speck of daylight. How he pushed his way out at the hole and then helped her out. How they sat there and cried for gladness. How some men came along in a skiff and Tom hailed them and told them their situation and their famished condition. How the men didn't believe the wild tale at first because, they said, you are five miles down the river below the valley the cave is in. Then took them aboard, rode to a house, gave them supper, made them rest till two or three hours after dark, and then brought them home. Before day dawn, Judge Thatcher and the handful of searchers with him were tracked out by the cave by the twine clues they'd strung behind them and informed of the great news. Three days and nights of toil and hunger in the cave were not to be shaken off at once, as Tom and Becky soon discovered. They were bedridden all of Wednesday and Thursday, and 
seemed to grow more and more tired and worn all the time. Tom got about a little on Thursday, was downtown Friday, and nearly as whole as ever by Saturday. But Becky did not leave her room until Sunday, and then she looked as if she'd passed through a wasting illness. Tom learned of Huck's sickness and went to see him on Friday, but couldn't be admitted to the bedroom, neither could he on Saturday or Sunday. He was admitted daily after that, but he was warned to keep still about his adventure and introduce no exciting topic. The widow Douglas stayed by to see that he obeyed. At home, Tom learned of the Cardiff Hill event, also that the ragged man's body had eventually been found in the river near the ferry landing. He'd been drowned while trying to escape, perhaps. About a fortnight after Tom's rescue from the cave, he started off to visit Huck, who'd grown plenty strong enough now to hear exciting talk. Tom had some that would interest him, he thought. Judge Thatcher's house was on Tom's way, and he stopped by to see Becky. The judge and some friends set Tom to talking, and someone asked him, ironically, if he wouldn't like to go to the cave again. Tom said he thought he wouldn't mind it. The judge said, well... There are others just like you, Tom. I've not the least doubt. But we've taken care of that. Nobody will ever get lost in that cave anymore. Why? Because I had its big door sheathed with boiler iron two weeks ago and triple locked. And I've got the keys. Tom turned white as a sheet. What's the matter, boy? Here, run somebody. Fetch a glass of water. The water was brought and thrown into Tom's face. Ah, now you're all right. What was the matter with you, Tom? Uh, Judge? Injun Joe is in the cave. Wow. And that's chapter 32. (laughs) We will pick it up. And see what, if anything, happens with Injun Joe locked in the cave on our next Adventures of Tom Sawyer and the gang. All right, where are we going from here? We're going over to there. Sorry, got to do this live. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, anyway, we will continue with uh, Chapter 33 coming up on our next stream on Saturday night. We're almost at the end, and then, oh, I can't wait. We're going to be doing Winnie the Pooh by A.A. Milne, and uh, my favorite book of all time. (laughs) It's going to be a classic. Can't wait for it. All right, guys, thanks so much for uh, joining me for the stream and for our podcast. Thank you so much. If you do have a moment, please go over to your podcast supplier, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast. Search for that logo, and uh, I'm not wearing pants. Type that into the search bar, or Jay Sheldon. Look for the logo, and just click follow or subscribe. It's free. doesn't cost you a dime. really helps us out a lot. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. We're almost at 900, and our goal is to hit at least 1,000. I know we can do it. Thank you. I'll see you again on Saturday night. Until then, I'm Jay Sheldon, and I'm not wearing pants. Good night. (laughs) Oh, <laughs>